Hey everyone, this is Patricia Kinnell, Tristan's mum. I just want to welcome everyone to the Talking League Women's Round. Thank you to all the awesome ladies leaving questions for the podcast. I also want to encourage all the ladies listening to call in and be part of the show every week. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the show as much as I do. We are underway. G'day guys, welcome to Talking League. We are a weekly NRL fantasy podcast. I'm here with the boys. Sorry, I'm TK. I'm just a little bit stunned by mum actually being so nice. I'm your host TK and I'm here with the boys. Andy, g'day. What an absolute sweetheart, honestly. That was cute. Yeah, she's beautiful. <laughs> Corbs is with us as well. Hello, lads. So boys, we're going to be doing our own women's round because I feel sometimes the NRL just leave it way too late. And just having a look kind of like at our demographic stats, I was really pleasantly surprised to see how many ladies are actually listening to our show. It's something like 20% of our audience, which is something we want to continue to grow because I know all of the ladies that are currently playing have a lot of fun doing it. And it's, it's great chat and it's always good to have, you know, great family and friends that have common interests. So that's what it's about tonight. So we've got a handful, about eight questions from some great ladies in uh, our community, and we encourage you to get involved in the show. So you can call the Talking League hotline. It's 0284 Now, the hotline's not live, so you're never going to be live on the show. <laughs> it's literally just an answering service where you leave your, your question, and then we play it on the next following show pretty much. So... I hope that makes sense. Before we get to all the awesome questions tonight on the show, we're going to start with all the ladies' questions. Next, we're going to hit Clarky with all the latest news and rumors. Me and the boys will talk about TLT, Teamless Tuesday. It will be brief tonight, so it's going to be a little bit more fantasy relevant. We haven't been that happy with kind of just going through it all and just spending an hour. So you can read through it yourself, and we'll just pick out the best bits for you. And just a reminder... The NRL, actually, the, there's some guy questions at the end. And also a reminder, me and Andy will be sitting down with the NRL Fantasy 2020 champion, Tom Vaughan. So that will be tomorrow. So if oh, you have any questions, one, yeah. yeah, it's going to be awesome. If you have any questions on that one, hit us up before probably like 5 p.m. Wednesday and we can get them over to Tommy as well. All right, boys, let's kick things off. We've got some great questions tonight. Why don't we start with this one? Because I think it's very, very good and it's a good way to actually start. Hi, my name's Lucy. Um, my husband, Josh, is obviously <laughs> part of this podcast, and he has been weirdly walking around the house saying, Walker's on. Is he even going to score any decent points? Like, he's kind of a little bit crazy. And i just like to know, TK, Andy, and Josh, like, how exactly fantasy football works, because I'm a bit confused. It kind of happens right at witching hour when all the kids are going to bed. And um, if you could just explain it to the wives or the partners of what's happening, that would be really helpful. Thank you. Bye. Great question, Luce. Great way to start. Now, Corbs, I think you need to you need to cover this. Yeah, walkers on. Walkers on. She needs to yell out a bit more. Walker is back on. <laughs> um, yeah, well, explaining it. So essentially you get to pick your your side. You have a certain amount of money to pick certain players and you hopefully pick a team that scores players in your team that score the most points. And yeah, eventually, at the end of the season, whoever has the most points wins. Um, and then you can have those head-to-head battles as well. But 
it's all based on your players scoring points. They score points just through different um, attacking uh, situations in a game and defensive situations and plays. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you want to add to that at all, boys? Oh, maybe you just need to know how football works first. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a start. You've got to have an interest in football too, I think. No, you've got to listen to Talking League and that's pretty much it, right? <laughs> yeah, well. I, I bet she is Corby talking all the time at home. Yeah, she does. Not just walkers on. <laughs> the two the two boys are starting to get into the footy as well, so she's she's sort of fighting an uphill battle there, and I think she's going to have to come around. And I mean, I'm I'm like she's she's got onto the pod. I think next year I can get a team in her name, <laughs> a burner team. Let's move on. Next question. Uh, hey, it's um it's sense from Crow's Nest. Uh, well, look, TK, I'm actually really surprised you've been able to finally achieve something i mean this is mediocre at best but small steps i guess right which is kind of like tk size step um look anyway i do have an actual question so um what are your thoughts on um i want to add gutho and junior polo to my team um i mean i'm not really happy with kind of brimson and uh and christian welsh so i kind of want to get rid of them both so uh yeah boys what are your thoughts on that uh, thanks so much. Cheers. Have a good one. Yeah, nice one, Sands. I think this one's yours, Andy. Yeah, cheers, Sands. Um, love this ledge to TK, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm a massive fan of Junior Paulo and Gutho, but uh, look, at the start of the season, um, BA lied to us. He's telling me, telling us that Paulo was going to push for 65-plus minutes. <laughs> Corby called it. He said he'd said this last year, but he didn't do it. So he's got... Minutes of 59, 59, and 47. Yeah. Um, so going f- from a Welch to junior, it's, I think it's a bit of a sideways trade. Um, look, Welch didn't score well. I think he scored 30 last game. But I think there's still upside in him. I'll just give, give it one more round and see how he goes next week, mm. considering Paulo has a break even of 53. So it would, it'll be too much of a sideways trade. Uh, and as for Brimson to Gutho, Gutho is averaging 50, which is, I hate to say it, I did call it, boys, did call it. No, but his, his score last week was heavily inflated as Moses went off. So we took, he stepped up massively to, to replace Moses. So I can't see that happening um, in the future. So even and with Brimson, Brimson uh, is finally coming back to his best. Um, he only he didn't score that much, but he did score two tries and two try assists on the weekend. So th- he has a potential to get back to his scoring best. So I'd I'd say just just wait off on those two trades for now. They they do have a bit of um upside. So I'll just say pause on that. It's too much of a sideways trade for me. Okay, nice. Next one. Hey guys, it's Lily from Newport. Really enjoying the podcast. My question is: With Tommy Turbo back in the coming weeks, is he a good pickup? Thanks. Yeah, awesome question, Lily. That's you know what. I've been so excited. I know that I've got him in draft, but I've been so excited about his return. But because I've been blowing so many trades on all my injuries in Classic, I'm looking at this guy, break even with 36, right now only owned by 2%. Everyone's just hacking shit on this guy, right? So he's there for the taking, and I really want to do it. But I've got to be smart. I don't even know when Tarpany's coming back. So it's going to be determined by kind of how much information I get. If Tarpany's rubbed out for four weeks, then, yeah, I'm giving Tommy Turbo for sure. But right now, like, I'm blowing through trades like no tomorrow. So 
I'm going to give him a few weeks and also just to probably prove himself. You know, he's had 19 games in two years. But, boys, is anyone going to jump on Corbs? Um, yeah, I'm still undecided. I'm not too sure at the moment. I've, yeah, I'm undecided, sorry. Andy, what are you thinking? If, if I can... Um, if I can sort of escape a couple more injuries than I have the trades to sort of flirt with, mm. then I'm, yeah, for sure, I'll pick him up for a bit of a chance. Like, he still has that potential to have that massive ceiling, mm. and he's still very low. That's what um, tempts me, hey. But the only thing, yeah, it's Andy, so tempting. how many, because at the moment I'm carrying Teddy, Puppy, Luttrell, and then Dane Laurie's just been absolutely fantastic. So I've got four guns, three starting, one on the bench. I just don't know if I can carry another wing fullback. How many are you guys carrying? Well, with with that, sorry, um, I think like uh, when when Ben Ben a couple of weeks ago was saying, uh, well, his strategy was to get as many wing fullbacks as possible, and I actually see that because looking at all the scores, there's a plethora of points coming from the wing of fullbacks. There's there's tackle busts, there's mm. line breaks coming through them, tied forwards. So having more wing of fullbacks and and high caliber wing of fullbacks on your team doesn't sound too bad to me. Yeah, hundred Josh, you were going to jump on me, mate. Yeah, I just uh, my undecision, like indecision. It just comes off the back of the weekend we had, and he is nearly at the top of the list of injury prone. Uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna be getting all the ball, and like, yeah, he might get some good points, but is he gonna overdo it? Because Manly are gonna rely on him so much, and I'm gonna see him going again, Paul Butler. <laughs> yeah, I think so as well. All right, boys, let's move on to the next one. Hey guys, it's Christy from Ashfield. I was just calling to basically have a go at you guys for starting this podcast <laughs> because Justin um, is not doing any of his chores at the moment and considering I'm 39 weeks pregnant, all he does is listen to your podcast. So kind of annoying, guys. But I do have a question. Um, so I am the owner of Lachlan Lamb. Who do you guys recommend that I trade him for? Let me know. Hope you guys are well and love the podcast when I'm listening it, listening to it because Justin is. Bye, guys. Awesome question, Christy. And Justin, definitely lift your game, you goose. Yeah, that's very poor that's form, so Justin. poor. That's She's terrible. 39 weeks. Now, Corby, you're going to be related to this baby because you're Justin's cousin. So why don't you handle this one? <laughs> yeah, uh, he might get into our draft next year because surely Justin's <laughs> getting relegated. <laughs> Um, there's two obvious ones here it's either O'Sullivan or Walker Uh, you could O'Sullivan sort of proved last week with a a nice 50 and Walker I mean there's big raps on him exciting to see how he goes this week because he uh, he made it into my draft team too old quick fingers Corby got there again (laughs) Um, yeah they're the two obvious ones because you make about 90k going down to O'Sullivan from Lamb and then oh, about 200K going down to Walker. But if you go sort of – if you look around Lamb's price, you're going to have to pay a lot more to get someone half decent. There's no one around his price really worth it there. Mm, good question. Hey, Sorry. Hey, co- just cu- curious, um, did that nickname start with fantasy or <laughs> – Which nickname? The Quick Fingers Corby. Oh, sorry. I just call him Snake because just all over it, man. <laughs> uh, All right, comment. next <laughs> question, boys. Hi, Bridget here from Sydney. I have two questions for football. 
Will Scott Drinkwater be a good pickup now that Morgan and Clifford are out of the starting lineup? My second question is Matt Cooper going to make a return to the game? And my third question is, hurry up, Andy, because dinner's waiting and I'm waiting for you to get off your podcast. Thanks, boys. Bye. Good question, Bridget. Now, Andy, are you concerned by her fascination with Matt Cooper? Because he is a very good-looking boy. Yeah, she told me she had a bit of a um, a crush on him, man crush, and it's, I don't blame her. There was one try save he'd done where he literally – I forget who you done it to, but he was, he was about to cross the line, and he literally picked him up and pulled him off. It was beautiful. I was even crushing him on that, on that game, not even like the Dragons. So. I'm not even going to yeah, comment I, on you saying she pulled yeah. him off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm actually kidding. I can smell it now. She's cooking lasagna. And it is the best. She makes the best white sauce. So it was her turn cooked tonight. So um, that's what I'll be tucking into after the podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, tackling her question. Yeah, with Drinky, I, I think if you can afford him, he, he could be a pickup, good pickup. It's good for draft if he's still available. Because mm. um, with Clifford going, um, there's going to be a lot, and Morgan out, I think it's going to be like kicking, a kickman is up for grabs. Mm. Uh, even though Cowboys have been playing terrible lately and there hasn't been many kick kick minutes to be to uh, offer. Uh, I think Drinky has to take charge. He's a dominant half within him or Hampton. Like Hampton's a, a run around center slash he's a Mr. Fix it. He's not a dominant half. So mm. look for Drinky to sort of possibly make that team his if while Morgan's out. Like uh, with his whole medical retirement, uh, it's just either for fantasy owners, it's either tell me now <laughs> or like I've just got to keep him on the bench for a bit. So yeah, I'm thinking drinking's good at 452. The mm. classic is um a okay um pickup, but draft definitely classics. Yeah, it's iffy. I guess it's all depending on how long Clifford's out of the team, right? Because if he stays out of the team for a long time, drinky could go nuts. It's just like that uncertainty of because the Cowboys are playing so badly. How how long is this? It's just like because Clifford didn't play that bad. He was definitely not in their bottom three players last week. So, well, did he get did he get dropped because of the whole recent thing that he wants to renege on his contract with Knights or something? I'm not too sure. Well, what that's, what's wouldn't about, you but. think that he'll be rewarded for that? Because he's literally saying <laughs> that he wants to stay. Like hey. Todd Payton's so weird. <laughs> I know he, he's playing with our minds. I know. I just don't know. I don't get it. Now I'm moving. Didn't she have three? Oh no, you, you can't. No, have, you, we yeah, need to finish was... this quickly so you can get along with it. All right. Next question. <laughs> Sorry about that. Good question, bids. Hey boys, this is Catalina from Sydney, better known as the Catalina Wine Mixer. If you know, you know. First of all, loving the focus on women talking league. I've watched the sport my whole life, but this is my first year playing fantasy, so naturally your podcast is my Bible. I'll stay humble to avoid getting hexed, but I'm not doing too badly with a 6K rank overall. Anyway, my question is, I took TK's advice and I got Kieran right at the start. Absolutely loving him and devastated he's done his ACL. With Cleary and Munster starting and Schuster on my bench, who do, I, who do I replace Cleary with? I need another differential. Who are the standouts? It can be any position. Also, I'd love to know what the highest scores you guys have gotten are over the years because I need to know what score to beat. Thanks, boys. Great question. Long question. She's got a podcast herself. It's called Football Chat with May and Kat. So check that out if you get a chance. But before we get into the real part of it, the, in terms of high scores that we've got, we're more draft players than classic players. So we're, we've got no problem admitting that too. I checked in with Tom, the champ, who's joining us tomorrow. He averaged 1,001 points per game last year, per round, sorry. And Benny as well, who came third, who was just on a couple of weeks ago, he averaged 996. So if you're kind of around there, I think you're doing pretty good. 
So they, they were the two outstanding boys from last year. So I think, Kat, if you're kind of around that kind of mid-90s to high nine, 900s and then touching 1,000, you are doing very, very well. But on to your actual question. It's good to see that you're actually listening to me and you've got a pretty good team. So really, with Cleary, Munster, and Shusta, I don't think you've got any problems having to replace Kiri with a like-for-like. Like. What I'll do, I'll downgrade, and you've got two options. You go to Sam Walker, which at 228K – would save you 456k. He's definitely not going to be a pod for you. He's already owned by 18%. The guy, if you really want a pod, is probably going to be Sean O'Sullivan. He's got a round four break even of seven, and you will save 340 grand downgrading to him, and he's only owned by 2%. So if you really want a pod, that's your go. But you're only going to save 340 in comparison to 456. I think having a look at your team previously, you need to upgrade some forwards. So depending on how much cash you've got left in the bank, I would go for David Fafida at 789, a Statili Tupanoa if you don't have much cash, that's 603, or as a third option, Cameron Murray at 726 who will also give you a dual position. So I think they're your options. So don't go like for like with Akiri, go to a, down to a Walker and O'Sullivan and then upgrade your forwards. But Thank you for your question. It was a good one. All right. Keep moving on. We've got a couple more to go with the girls. Amy from the Central Coast. Hey, boys. Loving the podcast. Um, I'm assuming you guys must have won a fair few comps between you. But I had a quick question. Why hasn't Jaden Braley made your stud list? Can we expect to see him on there anytime soon? Thanks. Bye. Jaden Bradley hasn't made it, Amy, because your husband has got him and he just keeps ridiculously doing silly messages on our chat. And I'm not going to give up until he gets a really bad score. He He's the only player or only manager in our league to not have an injury. And he is being one cocky little bastard. Yeah. But in saying that, I am trying to get in touch with Jaden to get him on the podcast and by the time he gets on the podcast, if he continues at this rate, I will publicly apologise to his face on the podcast. That's some big words. Let's hope that happens. That's up. That's up there with the shoey. Uh, I hope that you guys both come through with your uh, your promises. Oh, don't stress. I'll, I'll be, it's it's Thursday night too. It's the first game, so I'll, I'm either getting pissed on Thursday or I'm having a quiet one. Yeah. All right, boys, moving on. We've got one more. I think, Corby, you can help me with this one too because it's part of what we're going to be talking about a little bit later in the show. Hey, TK, um, it's Jay. Really enjoying the podcast, even though you're super annoying at work and a total dirtbag. <laughs> I do have a question for you and the boys. Um, with Payne Haas and Matt Lodge coming back, how do you think this will affect the Broncos' forward rotation? Thanks. Bye. Yeah, that, that's rich. It's been so great. She's been away for the last two days. It's been so peaceful at work. But thank you, Jay. <laughs> hey, just let you know, he's super annoying not at work as well. So. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. He's consistent. But thanks for not calling me a dirtbag. Appreciate that. <laughs> anyway, Corbs, you want to – I'll help you, but you've got – when we talk tackle teamless Tuesday, we're going to be tackling the Broncos anyway, so we may as well start early. What do we, what do we think about kind of Pangai Jr. going to the bench and Lodgy back in the starting team? Yeah, the – Big big hitters all over the place now, so that that's two huge ins for them. I'm interested to see Hass's minutes because he is their he's their man. If they if he's going forward, um, that's going to be a massive difference for them. Lodgy just does his thing. I think he can sort of go sort of run off the back of Hass. Um, the Tavita Pengal Junior. We talked about this one. He was using two interchange cards. <laughs> two three. Um, for the, 
three. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So we said, well, how come he doesn't just come off the bench, you know, 20-minute stint, half-time then, yep. and then has a stint after half-time as well? You could even bring him on for that last 10 minutes if still needed. Mm. So I don't know if Kevy listens to the pod, but if they play that <laughs> out this week... 100% he does, 100%. Uh, that'll be quite funny, but it makes sense if they're wasting those... Those cards, the interchange cards. Yeah, I agree. But the second wave of like TPJ Flegler coming back on, probably with that Bollamore, I like him. And you got good 80-minute edges. Same time, TPJ is going to put some pressure on both Glenn and Ricky to perform week in, week out as well. So I think overall, they've got a pretty good pack. Like I know everyone's riding him off against the Storm this week, but you look at that forward pack. Jesus, it is good. Dangerous, hey, especially with the experience of Lodge and with Hass's motor. Uh, I, look, it, it could be a pretty close game. Um, I, I'm sort of shocking to say it, but yeah, look, it's going to be a lot closer than people expect. Mm. You must, as a Turpin owner too, Andy, you must have been very, very pleased to see Deard and not come on the field for, for Turps. Yeah, I um I had him in drafts and I swapped him out for Connor Watson. So when he got sixty one, I was like, Oh no, what have I done? But old Watto coming through with a sixty nine, well I've done. So uh, I'm happy. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about putting him back in because him behind that forward pack, it just looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Unfortunately, he dropped him in classic for Brails. <laughs> Yeah, it was a sideways trade. but It was yeah. a little bit. All right, boys, that was the ladies' round, and really appreciate everyone participating in today's show. Really want you all as part of the part of – we're going to be doing this weekly. So get involved, 0284057947, or you find all the information at talkingleaguepod.com. All right, let's move on with the show. And next up, we've got – we'll check in the latest news and rumors with Clarky. You've got mail. All right, guys, let's check in with Dane Clark from Clarky's Rugby League column. You can find Clarky on Twitter, Clarky's underscore column, Instagram and Facebook, Clarky's RL column. But he's back. Clarky, welcome to the pod, bud. G'day, TK. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Always good to chat, my man. Now, first things first, you know, we all saw the injuries from last week. They were huge, especially around the HIA stuff. And a few rumors kind of floating now about maybe some new rules, maybe an 18th man coming in. We haven't got anything in concrete, but kind of you know we we kind of all want this 18th man but what how do you stand on this yeah i think it's important that it's not a knee-jerk reaction because there have been obviously two other rounds where injuries have been an issue but not to the extent that we saw which sort of makes me you know we don't want to quickly react um due to an outlying round because Mm. i don't think there will be consistent rounds where we see two teams in the sharks and raiders without a bench at all but overall I think a lot of people are worried about the 18th man coming in as there's the potential for teams to exploit it and, you know, pretending head injury assessments, et cetera. But for me, the way around that is just so obvious. It's you have an independent doctor mm. that's not involved in either club in any way. As long as he's ruling on someone being ruled out, then I've got absolutely no problem. I, I don't think one head injury assessment should see the 18th man used, I'd probably landing more towards two. I think if you lose two players to a head injury assessment, then it is fair for the 18th man to be used because at the end of the day, like a head injury assessment sucks. It's awkward because the players are so tough, they would play on, but the rules don't allow it. So it's obviously really good we have the rules that don't allow them to anymore because sometimes players can be too strong or too tough for their own good. Yeah. Um, so overall, with all that being said, I'm more than happy. Two head injury assessments, 18th man, in you come, 
as long as we have an independent doctor ruling those players out. Okay, like it. Next one, Jason Tamulolo. Now, you're a big Queensland supporter, but he grew up, he's played in the rep teams for, New- for Queensland. He's also played for the Australian schoolboys. But as a Queensland supporter and also a rugby league supporter, where do you stand on the issue, mate? Yeah, see, it really depends on rugby league supporter because obviously I love the Queensland Maroons, I love State of Origin, and I love the NRL. And that's one side of rugby league. But international rugby league is equally as important and it should be equally as important. But as footy fans, we don't really care as much about international football. You know, it's, yeah. it's essentially if we run a World Cup, it's a tri-nations between England, New Zealand and Australia. Everyone else is just making up the numbers. Tonga, they're starting to slide their way up. So I do see a situation where unless the Pacific tests are moved to the end of the year, then this has the potential to completely derail international football because the fact is playing state of origin is $30,000 playing for Fiji Tonga and any of these other countries is 500 bucks there's a huge incentive here to want to play state of origin and also that state of origin is perceived to be the pinnacle of rugby league I'd love if we could get to a stage where international football is the pinnacle of rugby league Um, but I also think from like an Australian and Aussie perspective as far as international football is concerned State of origin has always been where you pick our international team from. And so if we have players like we had Daniel Tupo last year, who we already know won't play for Australia, he's ruled it out. Mm. He just won't. He'll play for Tonga. Then you're taking, you know, obviously you can be passionate about the Blues, but then you're so passionate about Tonga that you're taking a young player's potential spot who's passionate about New South Wales and passionate about playing for Australia. Um, And so, like, obviously I do like it. I'd love to have Tamalolo, but I am worried how this could affect the international game. Um, And also, how does this affect New Zealand? Because a lot of people with Polynesian blood have, um, you know, they might have Maldi blood, but then they might have a bit of Tongan or a bit of Samoan or a bit of Fijian, and therefore they're eligible for a range of different countries. Mm. Why would they ever represent the Kiwis? Why wouldn't you go and represent, let's say, your mother's heritage with Samoa and keep the opportunity to make 90000 extra a year in origin alive? So... Mm. New Zealand could be hit really, really hard by this rule. Yeah, big point, mate. Now, next one, Jackson Hastings doing a little bit of in the news and Tigers last week, kind of roosters over the last couple of days. Have you got an email on Jackson Hastings? Yeah, a lot of teams will be interested in Jacko. A lot of teams will want him, but um, discussions I've had with Jackson Hastings in the past indicate to me that there's no interest in him at this stage. He's loving the Super League. He's playing great footy over there. Mm. He does want to come home eventually, but... It's whether Wigan will allow it as well. Let's not forget that. Uh, Wigan have him on a massive contract. And I believe as part of that massive deal, um, there's no get-out clause to come back to Australia. There may be. Please um, don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% certain, but I do believe that that is not in his contract. So, um, you know, realistically, every team could want him in the NRL. But the fact of the matter is Wigan aren't going to release him. They've got a great setup at the moment. Hastings steers the ship. And then you have running players like Jai Field and Bevan French in the spine. Yep. Um, and that just works perfect with how Super League is played. So there can be as much interest in the NRL for Hastings. But ultimately, I believe he will hold the key. He will have the decision as to when he returns to Australia. Nice. Now, last question about Michael Morgan. Again, rumors that he might have to retire. If that was the, ca- the case, I know you like doing kind of those breakdowns where you go positional breakdowns and you have a look at the off-contract players and maybe potential players that like to move who would you see as kind of the major contenders if he was to retire to replace him next year on that? He's got that million bucks, really. So, Yeah, well, I've identified three options. So number one, this is an option. Um, there's rumors that Jake Clifford no longer wants to go to the Knights. 
they've extended Mitchell Pierce into next year. Mm. And so he realizes, well, I'm not going to play first grade. They're not going to play me over Mitchell Pierce. So um, with Kurt Mann, Connor Watson, there's obviously a lot of options there for 5'8". I think Jake Clifford realizes I'm, I'm, no, I'm not guaranteed a starting spot there. However, if Morgo does medically retire, the Cowboys 7 jersey is more than likely mine. The second thing that uh, rumors are suggesting is that the Cowboys are actually keen on Luke Brooks. Okay. Now, this would depend on what we just spoke about. It would depend on them signing Jackson Hastings. But I think if they were to sign Jackson Hastings, the Cowboys are interested in signing Luke Brooks. Um, personally, I think that's crazy. No offense to Luke Brooks, but 150-plus NRL games with no finals um, doesn't exactly scream, we want him, we want him. Um, but the one man for me and the go-to man, if this, if Michael Morgan is made clearly retired, there is a million dollars spare in their salary cap. You sign Adam Reynolds for 900000 a year and you sign him on a two- to three-year deal. Why? Well, they've never had a consistent goal kicker post Jonathan Thurston. Bam, here comes the best goal kicker in the comp. And two, they just haven't really had a strong leader post Jonathan Thurston in the halves either. A lot of people thought Morgan would step up and be that man. And whether that's due to injuries or other factors, he just hasn't been able to. And so when they sign Reynolds, they have a ready-made premiership winning halfback, Mm. a goal kicker, and a captain. They kill three birds with one stone for the same price that Morgan's on. Um, and so I just think that's the best way for the club moving forward. Yeah, like that one, Clarky. Always appreciate the insights, my brother, and we'll catch up with you next week. Awesome. Cheers, TK. All right, boys, back from Clarky. Just before we move on to TLT and some more questions from the other lads, probably a question we probably do have to – we just talked about Lolo and him possibly playing for Queensland. But let's talk about the makeup of our teams and how we consider players in terms of the amount of maybe origin players – Players from international teams, which means they don't play during that kind of origin period, apart from the buyers. And then also how we also select, maybe even including with the buyers, does that come in our consideration? Andy, start with you because we had a little chat about it before. Did you have any consideration when it comes to any of that? Oh, look, sort of not really. Um, you sort of, it's in the back of your head, players you are going to play origin. But um, I'm sort of <laughs> going to go with, this, with the uh, strategy that Ben said, how... With, with the two first buys or the first buy, so try to try and make smart um, trades to people that are actually playing that first buy. Yeah. And then um, then afterwards that, if making those trades where if you can make, if it works to to those players who are playing the second buy to maintain your, your points sort of um, staying pretty high. Mm. So that's that's the sort of strategy that I've done. I, I think um, next year and possibly might be taking note of that but um yeah sort of haven't really didn't really focus on that too much okay cool corpse you got any strategy towards that yeah well i was just looking at my team oh, i did have a bit of a think about this before i picked my team so of the 21 at the moment i've only got five that are playing origin mm-hmm. but they're five that are just going to stay there throughout like this is your cleary for feeder crichton teddy uh and capewell possibly mm. um but I, I can he's one that i'm willing to let go and I've only got six that uh, of the twenty-one. I've I've got fifteen that are playing round thirteen. Okay, that's pretty so good. So that's real. I'm good. sort of yeah. I'll, I'll keep a sort of try and keep it around that fifteen. I mean, if a bloke like Schuster comes in, it's not a make or break for me. Like he, um, his buy round is the thirteen. Yeah, but you can't say no to that. So I am wary of it, but it's not going to not make me trade on like a you know a 
a must-have. Yeah, I think yeah. we got we got lucky this year because around 17 buys actually have a lot of the cheapies in there because I'll read out the teams with around 17 buys. Knights, Storm, Titans, Broncos, Tigers, <clears throat> excuse me, Panthers, Dragons, and Eels. And when you think Knights, Dragons, and Tigers have a lot of the cheapies, that probably six or seven of the cheapies that we all have in the same team. So that's been quite handy. So I have been kind of looking ahead a little bit too when I have had to replace some injured players that instead of using that, I'm going to have to get rid of them in round 13. So I have kind of a little bit been prioritizing maybe getting some of those round 17 teams as well. But we spoke about a couple of players like RTS. I think RTS just had a slow start to the season. Now looks like he's kind of clicking in, which is kind of good, but he won't have that origin period. So hopefully he could have a, a big stellar into the second second half of the year as well. So he's definitely on my sights. Like you, Josh, I've got five origin players. And then I've got two on the fringe with Papi and Mitchell. That's going to be real interesting. If they don't get put in the teams, they're going to be playing that first that round 13, which will be good because we're going to need some points out of them. So it's going to be up to, obviously, Brad Fittler. At the moment, they weren't in the 17, so. Well, you, if you know Freddie's history, he's got to pick a, a team full of fullbacks. So if you've got a fullback in place of New South Wales, he's playing origin. Yeah, could possibly happen, but that's a very interesting one. All right, boys, let's rip into TLT. Quite an interesting one. Our, our boy Toddy Payton, he finally made some changes. It only took, took him four rounds, but we're just gonna we're gonna go a little bit more brief tonight. We're just gonna do more. We're gonna pick a couple of good things out of the whole TLT each, and kind of make it a little bit more fantasy relevant. Uh, actually, Andy, we'll start with you. What are you What are you seeing on the radar today? So for me, it's the the Lachlan Lewis um, in for Avarillo swap up. Mm. So it's re- could be really bad news for Fano owners. Um, yeah, I agree. So Fano this 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 <laughs> season, our three games, he's had cricket average of four hundred and eighty kick meters, mm. massive. And but he's only run for twenty nine running meters, which is <laughs> funny enough, probably probably more than Avarillo. <laughs> but with Lachlan Lewis coming in last year, he over thirteen games he kicked for four hundred and twenty kick meters on an average of per game, yeah. and he also ran for fifty three average running meters. So they're bringing a similar style player to Flano. So I don't know how that's going to Complement him in his in his attack player. There's no running. There's no running half who can take on the line and, and make them different sort of style of play. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see that sort of makeup of half pairing. Yeah, but I, I think it's I, kind of. Do you think Andy? I think it becomes more NRL relevant than fantasy relevant. Like you did mention, I think both of these guys, like Fano, could go towards like a low forties, mid forties, and then stagnant. Maybe Lewis thirty to thirty five. I think it will help Flano on the field because it's just too predictable who's going to get the ball. Yeah, that's 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 true because Avrilla didn't do much kicking meters as well. So maybe it sort of does um, make the defense second guess where the ball's going. Mm. Um, but yeah, Flano definitely takes hit fantasy wise. I think if, if it's, a, I think 600 kick meters, 500 kick meters a game, 250 each, it's a loss of 12 points. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. But look, it, it could have different, it could have different, you know, yeah. Implications. He could have some more uh, running meters because someone has to run the ball as a half. You can't really just kick it all the time, which is seems what Lachlan Lewis and uh, Fano have been doing. So it's, mm. yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Definitely. And second on your radar there. Uh, so it was uh, Para versus Tigers game. Um, me boy Matto is back. back. Yeah. <laughs> so um, thank the Lord. He has got a break even of eighty one because of his uh, low score. Yeah. But I honestly think he's in for a big game. So coincidentally Is that a uh, gut feel? <laughs> well look, coincidentally he's come from Tigers and the last concussion he has he had was against the Tigers. 
So I think he'd be in for a massive sort of game and sort of come back and absolutely give it to him. So I think he, he could be in for a big one. Uh, where does that leave Azaya Papali'i? In the exact same position where he was in round one and two. Mm. Absolutely killing it off the bench. He actually scored more points off the bench than he did starting second row. So if, you, if you're if you a, a Papa Lee owner, do not be worried because he he's just that workhorse who will come on and um, make them fancy points as he has done in the past. Yeah, there was a flood of owners too. All those DMs. A lot I'm of people. Not pick him a up. lot of people. Yeah. Corbs, what are you seeing on the team list this week, man? Well, mine sort of comes on the back of what Andy was just saying with uh, a Papali'i having a massive impact off the bench. Mm. Uh, Tavita Pengai Jr. pushed back to the bench. Now, I know we talked about the rotation, but mate, his points this season have been huge. Yep. Like He's 52, 76, 67, and he's averaging 48 minutes. I think he's still going to hover around that 50 minutes because we talked about they do have such a strong pack. But... He's they're going to take the sort of bite out of the game and then bring him on, and he's just going to be devastating. Like, he gets some big attacking stats when he comes on fiery. Um, so I, I wouldn't be panicking at all. I think as an owner, you'd be very happy with that. And, and the other one, which is a very similar situation, Fort Awaker, I know like a few people are probably a bit concerned that he's gone back to the bench, but. I mean, he got a try and his impact was huge on the weekend and that was actually his highest score. I think he's going to get those similar minutes of 50 and, yeah, the, that forward off the bench now is going to be – like Joy Arrow, he's mm. another one. Mm. Like he's scoring huge, pr- pretty much just shut all us up. Like we didn't think he was going to score that big, but yeah. there's nearly one in every team of the of the good teams at the moment. Like those four – I would happily take them over a lot of my starting mids. <laughs> yeah, you make a good point on that trend, Josh. I think I suppose I think say- you definitely have to have one because, and I don't think it's that bad going back to the bench. Like the coaches are putting good players back to the bench, and yeah. like your guy Watson. Remember you? You weren't happy when I told you that he would score better from the bench, but he literally you come in against tired defense. It's when you can shine. I still want him to play eighty. <laughs> <laughs> He's got it in him. He's got to hit him. Do it. <laughs> uh, there was one more too. Yeah. Uh, Blakey Green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Popping his head up. I, I don't think he'll come back. But then again, why would you put him on there if he's not going to? Um, we talked about him. <laughs> he, he's one of those ball distributors. So it just gives early ball to those outside backs. Now, annoyingly, Knights don't have their two best in uh, Bradman Best and Ponga. But with those two back, Ponga couple of weeks best maybe a little bit longer um that could be huge and then where does it put kurt Mann, who a lot of people have in uh in draft Draft, because he he, he does score well but you're not going to carry three halves and i just feel blake green could make his way in there and uh shake things up a little well he's probably going to be team captain eventually and you know we've had some conversations about this and we dug up a, a little bit of data. They've, they've only played, what, three games together, Green and Pierce. And Pierce averaged 36-38. Then Green got injured in, at 17 minutes, and then he averaged 73. So there is kind of just stat a little trend that says that maybe Pierce and Green, just as we did mention when Andy mentioned Lewis and Flano, it's more of a shared role than a dominant half role. And Green's very well respected down there. You add kind of Cal and Ponga coming back as well. Different looking spine, and Pearcey, he's going great guns at the moment. You know, he's had plenty to prove. He's averaging 62, but that could fall dramatically again, and it's just because of the way 
maybe Newcastle, and I do feel it is. I think they play better with with Green at five eight. So you've said that you've said that plenty of times, Corps. Yeah, well, they had a couple of great games last year because he sort of unlocked their their strike weapons in Best and Pierce, and That's like you hear available. you hear about um, the, those that know a lot more about footy than us in the commentary box just give early ball to those strike weapons, and he is definitely one that does that. He straightens up takes a few defenders out and gets it out there and they do their thing. But yeah, I actually saw he's actually 17. I thought he was, when I skimmed over, I thought he was in the reserves. But yeah, he's, he's getting some game time. Yeah. Two I've picked out, guys, is from the Titans as well. Brian Kelly's back on the bench at 21. A lot of people still holding him. It'll be interesting because Philip Sandy had an absolute blind last week. So I don't think I'll be dropping him. He's an origin player as well. Maybe Patrick Herbert or Anthony Don might be in a little bit of problems. But I don't think they'll probably change the team until they lose. So... Unfortunately for us, Brian Kelly holders, we're probably just going to have to keep on holding, especially if we do think that he's the strike center. He was their player of the year last year, so that's the reason why that I like him. But Peach was great in the middle. I think Tino as well, he's starting to come on really, really well. I think he's going to suit that number 10. We mentioned that early, didn't we, boys, that maybe 10, not 13 was more of a jersey for for Tino, and I think he proved us right last week. The other team I want to look at is my great mate, Todd Payton. And, like, I don't know what's going on with him. He's losing. Oh, we, the, I don't know. We'll be waiting for this moment. He's losing the plot. We've been waiting exactly for four rounds for him to make some changes. He loses the plot. He loses now for the fantasy. It's probably more draft relevant because I don't think they're not really that classic relevant. The Cowboys, but if you got draft, you'll be hating him this week because the losers out of this is Jake Clifford, Esan Masters, Mitch Dunn, and then the winners, Josh McGuire. If you've been holding him in draft because he's only been averaging in that mid thirties. He's back in the starting lineup at 13. He could play some big minutes and hit back a 55-60 easy. Ben Condon, he's a rookie that starts, so could we could have a look at him over the next couple of weeks just to see what he's got. Another guy is the tackling machine, Shane Wright. He's back on. He'll probably get you a low 40s if you haven't got him in draft already, so he could be a cheeky one. Francis Molo's done absolutely nothing since he signed his contract. Ben Hampton, he's now at halfback, so I liked what Valentine Holmes did last week. And I think Drinky's in for a big one, Andy. So you better stay tuned there. I think, like I said, fantasy relevant, loses Clifford, definitely. But I think on the winner's side, I think Drinky and Holmesy will be capitalizing off this for sure. Surely. All right, boys, we did that in 12 minutes. That's a pretty good TLT. I like that instead of spending bloody three hours on it. But let's finish off with some of the gent calls. And we've got about four to wrap things up. One sec. Still looking for an intern, so just hit me up if you want to <laughs> hit the buttons because I hate doing this job. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Hey, boys. Uh, Matt from Kidney here. Um, just had two questions. Uh, by the way, love the podcast as well. It's so good. I'm listening to every single episode. Um, so two questions. One, would it be best to keep uh, Jerbo in the team because he's not doing as well as someone like Mitch Barnett or uh, Cameron Murray, but he's like still a keeper, I guess. Uh, and two, do you think Lockie Lewis will get a call up for uh, to replace Jake Avrilo at five eight? All right, cheers, boys. Awesome question, Maddie, and thank you for supporting the show, Andy. That's yours, yeah, mate. Cheers for the um, for the uh, compliment there. Um, look, you've hit the nail on the head with Lockie there, so congrats for that. Um, yeah, Lockie comes in to replace Avrilo. Not too sure how long, but no, he's in there now with with Gerbo. So look. He's 52, 52, 48, so they're consistent 50s. But, look, if you're ultimately set on making a trade, 
I would suggest possibly looking at a Alex Twal. So an Alex Twal in his last three games, 52, 54, and just re- just the game just that's just calm. He's punched out 70 points from 70 minutes. So there's some massive upside there. And also, he plays that first buy round. So there's upside. And I think, oh, to be fair, I, I forgot to put the prices down. I think it's earning an extra uh, 10, 15K. Mm. So if you can afford it, I, I'm, I'm willing to take a punt on um, putting up to 12. So since his injury last year, he went down. Uh, Eisenhoof coming to lock. But now he's just lock, he's locking down that lock spot, locking down the lock spot, right? <laughs> and uh, he's actually scored some consistent scores. So, yeah, I'm actually seeing a lot more potential with him this year. Um, so, yeah, that's good for that first buy round um, dilemma. And, um, yeah, look, if you want to take the trade, take the trade. It's a bit sideways, but also a bit more potential. Yeah, nice one. I like that one. Next one. Hey, boys, it's Brenton from Sunny Coast. Uh, love your podcast. Uh, it helps me through a long commute sometimes. And just thought I'd leave a question whilst in traffic. Um, what do you guys think of Adam Elliott as a cheeky point of difference keeper in the mid? Mate, wouldn't let him near my wife. <laughs> Jesus, Renton absolutely ripped him. But Corby, Adam Elliott is your man. Yeah, I picked him up in uh, draft, and see, he had a, he had a sixty point game at second row last year, and he started off the year fifty seven, got a try, and I was like, ah, oh, okay, so he's about a fifty. I'll take that, and then he's had a sixty six and a seventy since that for rounds two and three, no tries. His tackling went up huge. I've, I'd love to go back and have a look because I sort of started having a look back when this question, is he doing the same and going and defending in the middle? Because uh, we, you were talking about that trend with the Roosters, TK, mm. and to tackle, make another 20 tackles, he has to be shifting towards the middle there, doesn't he? Yeah. It's, it's old school 90s footy, mate. Like, yeah. you defend, you know, before when you played footy, especially in the 90s, there was none of this left edge, right edge. If you're a forward, you can go wherever you want. And this Get is busy. A, yeah, hundred percent. This is what's happening. It's anyway. He's he's uh, he's ticking over some big points as far as a pod. Uh, he's owned by four percent, but if he keeps ticking over those scores, I mean, people are going to be chasing the coin because uh, he's only only going up. But yeah, I, I think more and more people are going to be jumping on him. Uh, there's a plethora of. Uh, <laughs> of uh, big forwards in the edge, just with Fafida, Crichton, uh, Tohu Harris that people are going for at the moment. Most people got Ricky, but yeah, he's uh, he's definitely one to get. And as an owner, you'd be very happy with him. Ah, nice one. All right, two questions to go, boys. Hey, guys. Clive from Bundy here. I just have a couple of questions that I'd appreciate you guys answering. Firstly, um, what do you, do you, what do you think about Sam Walker's job security do you think he will play the rest of the season? And if so, do you believe that he would be a better trade-in for Lamb than Sean O'Sullivan? And second, secondly, what kind of moves do you think Sam Verrills will be getting? Do you think Bradley will be taking most of his minutes off him? And would he be a good trade-in for Little right now? Uh, cheers for answering, guys. Yeah, great question. Hey, Corbs, you just stop calling Sam Verrills Sam Verillis. Verillis, yeah. It is not pronounced Verillis, it's Verils. So someone must chuck that eye and I'll get onto me PA. Hey, <laughs> hey I'll Lucy. Run that, I'll run that pronunciation. What I'll do, I think <laughs> right now from the outside looking in, job Sam Walker's job security looks pretty good. 
because they've got nothing really to lose and there's no one really in the squad. But I'll hit up Craig Fitzgibbon tomorrow and we'll try and get him on the show next week just so we can talk a little bit more about Sam Walker and kind of their strategy moving forward. I think that's probably the best way to go. Sam Verrills, big shout-out to his dad, Mark. And, yeah, I think Sam moving forward, I think Jake Friend looks like he's going to be okay and coming back in the next couple of weeks. So you'll probably see Sam Verrills. He's got to be in there somewhere, probably more of an interchange, maybe a 30 to 35-minute role max. But right now it's Jake Friend's spot role, and they need him more than ever, especially with leadership. Kiri's missing. Mm. Gordon is missing. So I think Friend is going to be the main man. So don't expect anything too soon. But like I said, I'll try and get Fitz on the show next week, and he can break that down a little bit more. All right, final question. Yeah, good day. It's uh, Wolfie from Cronulla, <laughs> as you said last <laughs> week, boys. Um, just a question regarding Tino again. Uh, is he a hold still? Um, and who's a good switch out for uh, Willie Off and Gowley? And is Little still a hold? Um, thanks, boys. Cheers. Andy, I think that's you. And you going, Wolfie? Uh, glad you called back. Ho, ho! <laughs> <laughs> Um, so good switch out. Oh, sorry, Tino a hold. Uh, look, I was one of the lucky people who sort of uh, thought Tino needed a couple of tries to um, keep his score high, which seems to be the case at the moment. Uh, maybe with his switch to the prop, um, it might be it'd be different. I'd say stick to that four-game rule. So give him one more round and see what his score is next week mm. uh, before you just consider punting him. But if he, if he puts out the same amount of score or same amount of fancy points, I'd say he's probably worth a punt in, in my eyes um, with Joe Off and Gowie. So him staying on the bench is a little bit of a downer, especially with uh, Zane Musgrove taking his starting spot. Um, if you're willing to punt him, I'll be looking for a, either a switch to a Matt Lodge, mm. which he, he's, a 50, he's got potential to be a 50-plus scorer, uh, especially with the, the leadership of the Broncos, and he's almost 100K cheaper. Or you could go for a nice little um, uh, a, a dual position key on Kalamatagi. So he's just coming in. He's starting to play the eighty minute role. He's only going to get better, I'd say. Um, so he's a little, maybe fifty k cheaper. So um, yeah, often Gary might be that bench player from now on. Um, so yeah, if you want to punt him, either a Matt Lodge or a Keon. And also with Little, his break even break even is still eleven this round. So I'd say mm. keep him for one more round. He's still got money to be to make. Um, you have been thinking about this yeah. too, Andy. Are we, I was going to punt him, and now with trades, would you nearly just leave him on the emergencies just to continue to make money? Because he's going to score at least 35, kind of maybe even touch a 40 every week, right? Yeah, like with the BE of 11, he's he's making money. Like he doesn't, he will score that within 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. So he's, if he's playing 50 minutes a game, they're still minimum 35 average. So I'd say keep him. And considering how long this season and the injuries we've seen, there's a good chance that somehow Moses Mbai, because that's the biggest threat, is Mbai or Simkin being on that bench, right? Moses could find himself back in the starting lineup very quickly. And then all of a sudden he goes back to playing 80 minutes. Now it's true. Uh, it, it, it's, it is uncertain. Um, but I'd say in the short-term future, uh, just give him a hold. Like you said, he keep him as an emergency. Um, there's uncertain times. There's injuries galore, as we heard from round three. So, yeah, yeah it's good to just good to have those plays. Unless you've got a, like a, a 100% cash, uh, cash cow that you've got in your eye, mm. uh, I'd say just don't panic trade. Keep them in trades for, for the, um, the buy rounds and origin rounds. Yeah, Cobbs, you got a little bit angry with him last week. Are you still on the wagon of punting him? 
Oh, no, I, I didn't get angry with him. I just saw an opportunity to upgrade him in the free, free agency and old quick fingers Corby got in there. <laughs> I'm not even good. I could make so many coins on that. but uh, Yeah, we'll, we'll be told. Yeah. Uh, cheers for that, Wolfie. <laughs> no, I like that question. Well, boys, that was, a, that was a good show. I really enjoyed that. Thank you to all the ladies that participated in, and we really want to hear – more of that coming up, and we've got plenty of rounds for you to get involved. And also thanks to the gents for the few questions at the end. Tomorrow, me and Andy will be hitting up Tommy Vaughan. So it's a great opportunity to ask a question. So hit one, us up, one of us up on the, all the different socials. Twitter, you find Andy, uh, Andy underscore Burden 89. JJ Corby for Corbs. Tristan underscore Nell for myself. Our Facebook and Instagrams, Tristan, uh, Talking League Pod, sorry. And Twitter, Talking League One. But, boys, it was good to do one of these q and I'm really enjoying that. That's better than te- Teamless Tuesday, you reckon? It's a bit more uh, exciting, wasn't it, instead of just going through the teams, which everyone's looked at. <laughs> everyone's got their NRL app. Everyone sees the team list. It's just how make it, making it fancy relevant. Yeah, so the conf- we'll also be doing more punters club. So we've, we've got a few up. So we're two out of three to start the year, which is pretty good. Uh, oh, I will say, when, when you three. say we, just leave me out of that we. Yeah. <laughs> Colby will not be here. He'll be back in Timmy Zoo down at Newcastle tomorrow. He must be excited, bud. Yeah, I heard I've got pretty good seats today. So, yeah, I'll be there. Pretty excited for that one. It'll be a good fight. Or oh, there's a couple of good fights. Can we but, include um, him in Punters Club? Surely we can. Oh, I think it's paying $1.25 to knock out the uh, Irishman. So that's a that's good one. Still... That's a good one for you to go off the board. You can put that into yeah, Penrith. Yeah, come on. Into, into like, who's the other? So some short price favourites. If you want to do like a three leg multi paying a dollar twenty seven, Andy, this week's your week. Make them to two dollars ten. Look, stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned. I'll, I'll I'll make a nice little easy one for you. <laughs> All right, guys, that is it for today. We'll be back tomorrow, so we'll catch you soon.